You're listening to Work It Mommy, where the goal is for all women, no matter your age or stage in life, to be the best versions of ourselves. And if we happen to be moms, be the best mom ever and maintain our sanity while we do it. So today, something that I think at one point or another, all of us have struggled with, and that is credit card debt. I know for me, especially when I was kind of first transitioning from being a teenager into a young adult, credit cards were confusing. I got myself in a little bit of trouble with credit cards. And I feel like if we can kind of, um, you know, bridge that time and make it a little bit easier of a transition for folks. And then, of course, sometimes, you know, as an adult, you run into things where, you know, you have to put something on your credit card. Maybe you get in a bad situation, lose a job, someone's sick, and then the debts just start to add up and up and up. So today we have our financial expert in Kiala Smith. How's it going, girl? It's going good. You know, credit cards are definitely one of my favorite topics to talk about because it touches so many people. So many people can relate to, you know, that experience where maybe you racked up some debt and you, you know, or you learn some hard lessons. Usually those hard financial lessons stem from a lesson from credit cards. Mm -hmm. So very excited to talk about it today. Oh, awesome. Yes. And I believe that we're going to have like three tips. And I really appreciate your advice because, you know, guys, if you're not following her on Instagram, definitely do that. She's got all types of financial tips. She even has classes for kids, a large amount of classes for kids and adults as well. So, you know, I'm looking forward to your three tips. Absolutely. So let's talk about that. So when we're talking about when we're thinking about credit card debt and how to get out of that, we really have to think about how we need to make a plan and how we also have to change our mindset, because sometimes just getting money and paying it off does not always resolve the issue. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's say if you had a debt of maybe $5,000 on your credit card, if someone just gifted you that money, who's to say you're not going to be in that same situation next year? Um, so we have to be considering the, as well as, you know, the mindset change we're going to have to, uh, enter into. So the first thing I want everyone to be aware of is the minimum balance trap. This is what I teach in my classes. You know, when we get that statement in the mail and we're misconceived a little bit where it says we just have to pay that minimum. Mm-hmm. No, that's a trap. It is a minimum balance trap. (laughs) And if you only pay that minimum, you're going to be in debt for a really, really long time. So it's a bit of a misconception there. We want to be paying as much as possible on that credit card. So don't be fooled by that minimum balance uh, due each month. Mm -hmm. Um, Number two, we want to commit to making, you know, a higher payment on our credit cards. Okay. And we can do this, um, by one, uh, I, I want everyone to start tracking their net worth, right? So I have a free template. If you follow me on Instagram, I have a free download. When you track your net worth, you can easily, (laughs) yes, download it. It's free, get it, and you can track it monthly. So this is a great way where you can track the monthly balance on your credit cards, right? So it's something powerful about seeing how much debt you have and comparing it to how much assets you have, how much income you have. And it can really be an eye opener to say, hey, we're going to have to do something about this. Mm-hmm. So combine that along with the budget, take a really realistic view at how much money can I really realistically afford to put on that credit card and commit to it. 
So whether it's an extra $50 or an extra $100 a month, commit to that, but you know, lay it all out on the table with that budget and that net worth spreadsheet to know exactly where am I so I can have a realistic view of my situation. And then um, one other thing, the third thing, I've fallen victim to this myself in learning lessons earlier on, just we decide to pay off maybe credit card A, maybe it's our Discover card, we decide to pay it off and we are committed to that. That does not mean go on and start making purchases on credit card B, you know, mm-hmm. just because you have this Visa card over there. So that can get you (laughs) in a bit of trouble. If you're going to commit to paying down those credit cards, we don't want to start racking up debt on another card. So, you know, we have to, again, consider that mindset change. Am I really in it to get out of debt? If so, I'm not going to spend, you know, on these excesses of things, or, you know, I'm going to cut back on this or that in order to get out of, out of debt. You know what? You said so many good things there. And I'm just sitting here thinking about it too. Like there have been times and I appreciate what you're saying about the mindset change because I feel like sometimes we can just be prone to being that person that is always in credit card debt just because of the mindset that we have, you know, with all the things that you laid out. And there's been times, you know, earlier on where I needed to use my credit card. It was like one of those situations where you need to. But then there were other times where I was just buying stuff I didn't need, you know. So <laughs> it it really you have to just be like, you know what? I don't this is stuff I don't need. And then thinking long term, I think too, it's like okay, if you want to be able to, you know, purchase a home or, you know, purchase a car or just not being so much living paycheck to paycheck it does take a really a considerable amount of self-control to be like, you know what, I have an available balance on my card, but I don't actually need anything, you know? Exactly. And I like how you mentioned that sometimes we are caught in situations where we may have to use that credit. Like that's a good reason to have a credit card because things do happen. Sometimes it could be a medical bill or like you said, a loss of a job. You just need something to tide you over a month or two. So having that available credit balance can be life-saving at times. Um, But we have to be mindful. Are we using it for emergencies or are we just you know, I wanted to buy a new purse and it was on sale. Right. You know, we have to be mindful of our purchases and what we're using that card for. Um, and this is really important because, you know, I was just talking to someone the other day and talking about how important um, credit scores are nowadays. Mm-hmm. It's not just for approval for a loan or to buy a house or anything like that. Employers are checking credit scores. I've seen wow. people get denied from really great jobs they're they're qualified for, but after they pull that credit, if it's not up to standards, they will rescind that offer. Um, And I was also talking to someone who's a government employee and they were saying that, you know, one of the reasons why a lot of employees do that is that a bad credit score could signal that maybe you are likely to be maybe enticed to maybe um, compromise your job. If someone comes along and say, oh, this person has a lot of debt or they have some money issues, they could be easily compromised and employees, employers don't want that in an employee. 
You know what, now that you mention it, I have heard that um, for certain jobs before, I think, you know, certain security clearances. And if you're working with a lot of cash, you know, and and the, the jobs of high responsibility in that sense, I have heard of that, too. And yeah, because I, I feel like they probably think like you may do something desperate because you are unable to to manage your funds. And to, to some degree, it does give some insights into a person's um financial maturity, you know, um, the, the way we spend yeah. and everything. So I, it's dope, but <laughs> I, I, I can't understand that. Now, I wanted to kind of touch on something that you mentioned earlier when you were talking about the minimum balance. And I feel like that is one that it takes a while for people to catch on to. Again, you know, as like with my first credit card, I can remember thinking that like, I paid my balance. Like, why is this credit card not moving? moving until you sit down and do the math and take a look at your um uh I'm sure you know the word just flew out of my head your the statement the statement but how they make money what is that word um the, 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 credit the interest that they're charging at that the interest when you look at mm-hmm. the interest and then you see you know, your payments, a lot of the times, and you you chime in here, but a lot of the times those, you know, payments don't even go towards, it's just going towards the interest sometimes. Yes. If you're definitely, if you're just paying the minimum, most of it is going towards interest. And that's why your balance is not going down very fast. It's going down very, very slow. So have to pay more than the minimum in order to even start to knock down the principal balance of, um, of your debt. Mm, I see. Wow. It's just, it's, there's so much to know about this, but I do feel like that is a big one for a lot of people. I started just doing, once I realized what was going on, like double the, you know, whatever it said was due on the statement. If I could do more than that, do more than that. But last one of a couple of podcast episodes back, you were mentioning something about um, it was almost like debt to income ratio and how you shouldn't even put a certain amount on your credit card. Can you give us a little refresher on that? Yeah. Yeah, that is accounting for, I believe it's 30% of your score. Mm-hmm. So is your debt to um, your debt to um I'm losing the words now, but basically, and to illustrate, if you have a, a maximum balance that you can borrow on your credit card of like a thousand dollars, the sweet spot is about thirty percent. You don't want to utilize more than thirty percent of your available credit limit. Mm-hmm. So, if altogether your available credit limit is a thousand dollars, once you get over that three hundred dollars of carrying a balance of three hundred dollars or more, your credit score is going to start to go down. So, you want to keep your utilization rate at thirty percent or less. So, you know, of course, good practices if you make a purchase, pay it off. But like we said, sometimes that's just not always feasible. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if you want to target a, a place to be, it wants to, you need to be at thirty percent utilization of your credit or below. Got it. Got it. Now I got a question for you there. So let's say I got like two credit cards and, you know, I just use yours, you know, and 300 bucks is going to get me, put me at that 30% mark on one. Should I then, let's say I get in another bind or whatever, and I need to do something. Should I put that on another credit card? Would it be better to do that? Or would it be better to put it all on one credit card? That's a good question. So which credit card to put it on will probably come down to which one has the lowest interest rate, Mm -hmm. because when they consider your utilization rate, 
they're going to combine all of your available credit together. So if you have five credit cards, they're going to combine all of your maximum um, available credit limits and then combine all of how much you spent on all of those cards. So they're going to just aggregate all that data together. So it's, they're not going to separate it by car. It's going to be all put together. So if you're considering like, which car should I use? Cause I'm in a bind, just go for the one with the lowest interest rate. Mm, okay. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Wow. I mean, I just feel like, especially right now with the pandemic, um, that this is probably an issue that is a common one, you know, right now, because, you know, some of us may be waiting on unemployment or whatever else to come through. There's delays and things like that. So a lot of people are kind of floating on their credit cards and things like that right now. And with that, I want to ask you another question. What do you think about, like, let's say you have a credit card with a high limit and you are in a situation where like, okay, I could put six months worth of like rent or mortgage on a credit card, you know, um, do you recommend carrying that much that have a balance on a credit card, even if the limit will allow for it? What are your thoughts on that? I'm going to be against carrying high balances if we can, if we can help it. Right. Okay. You know, you know, stuff happens and we'll have, we have to do what we have to do and take care of ourselves and our families first, and then worry about, you know, getting out of debt afterwards. Mm-hmm. But if we have alternatives, if we have another way, I would say do that. But ju- just because the interest rates on credit cards are really high, um, you know, right now, a low rate may be like 16% where a high rate can be well into the twenties. And so we could be end up paying such high interest um carrying high balances so i would say let's exhaust all other resources before um utilizing credit cards Mm, i see i see so ideally then we want to be using our credit cards for like you know purchases that are going to be 30 percent or less of our available balance you know try not to exceed that even if it the credit card limit will allow for it just because and that's true you're gonna pay back so much in interest if you put it there sometimes you may even be better out taking out a loan if you qualify for that you know what i mean like aren't the in loan rates <laughs> yeah, a little bit lower? <laughs> yeah sometimes the personal loans um sometimes they're like in the 10 percentage you know depending on you know what your needs are that may better fit you in your situation. Um, but they will probably be interest rates will probably be lower than on a lot of credit cards. Mm, Okay. Very interesting. Very interesting. Okay, guys. Well, this has been a very interesting chat here on credit card debt. I know that for a lot of people, this is really sometimes like a, a barrier to entry for a lot of different things for, you know, making purchases and moving forward financially. So if we can, you know, have these responsible conversations and think really about what we're doing with how we use our credit cards and how we manage that debt, we're able to kind of move forward, um, uh, you know, and being in credit card debt. Um, now, before you go, I have one other question. Sometimes, you know, um, they'll do something like where you can like negotiate. This is like the side hustle me because I look, I'll just tell I negotiated some of my credit cards. Down. <laughs> and yeah, so, yeah, but what I want to know is, you know, and then that was years and years and years ago. I haven't had that issue in a long time. So I don't even know if that's still an option or not. But 
there was something going around that sometimes if you negotiated down, like let's say you owed your credit card company a thousand dollars and you called them up and said, I got 800 right now. Will you take it and, you know, take care of, you know, wipe my score clean or, you know, and then I heard that that actually could have an adverse effect. Do you have any thoughts on that? Have you heard anything like that before? Yeah. So usually um, if you find yourself in a delinquent state, like with your credit card company, let's say you've missed a couple of payments. Um, maybe they sent you some letters like, hey, we need you to pay. Or if it's been sent to like a collection agency, mm-hmm. um, you can negotiate. You can say, hey, um, I don't have it. And they can create some t- sort of deal with you. Um, usually if you negotiate a deal with them for paying less than what the balance is um, worth, mm-hmm. it can have some adverse um, side effects. Uh, so the benefit will be that, you know, you'll, um, you'll kind of settle that debt. That's good. But the adverse side is that that company may ban you from doing business with them in, in, in the future. So like oh, if okay. you have a settlement with Chase, um, in the future, they may say, no, thank you. We don't want um, to do business with you. So that can be uh, have an adverse effect because Chase has credit cards with everyone. So that could kind of backfire on you. But um, I would say if you are in like a delinquent state or you say, hey, I really don't have it. You know, I want to make out a work out a deal. You can work out a deal to pay the full balance. Mm-hmm. And that's what I advise people to do. And um you, they can split the payments up over a period of time. Usually it's like three months. Usually they're like, hey, we need it all in three months. We can split it up in three month pay, three monthly payments. Um, but that will keep um, your good standing with the company as well as settling that debt. And then um, if you're not delinquent, you can always call them up and um, negotiate the interest rate. Um, change. You can say, hey, you know, do you have any availability for wiggling that interest rate? They may or may not, but you can call monthly to see, you know, is there anything that they can do with that? Oh, okay. I like that. That's a good idea. Calling back monthly to check on the interest rate for sure. Now, is that when they kind of um, put you in that state of like, we don't want to be doing business with you? That's not the same as a charge off though, right? Charge offs are a little bit different. I think charge offs too is like, if you you know, pay lower, they'll say, oh, okay, we'll accept this. But it's still like a derogatory almost on your credit. Like, like it's a something like it's that. It's very, yeah, it's very similar. And then, you know, even if you get to that point of having to charge off or, or um, pay less than what the balance is, it's already negatively affected your credit. So it's already done damage because you're probably already late. And you probably already missed some payments. So it's probably already in the red. And when you miss a credit card payment, it's going to stay on your credit score for seven years. For seven long years, oh. it'll negatively affect your credit card. Yeah, it's a long time. <laughs> oh, my word. I That's horrible. Just, yeah. I just got like last month, I just got a negative mark removed because seven years ago, I forgot to pay a monthly, uh, the annual fee on one of my credit cards. Like I didn't even use the card. I just, they charged me the annual fee and I forgot to pay it. And that's, it's been on my credit report for seven years and it just fell off last month and my credit score went up because of it. So it's, it's a long haul. They be doing some things. I'm like, you know what, guys? You guys are just, that ain't even, it's too much, you know? It's not right. 
Yeah, that ain't even right. I mean, that's yeah. one, and that's, you know, a credit card fee, not even the a payment, you know. Uh, <laughs> well, I appreciate all the tips, and I think all the listeners will as well. And I definitely recommend, thank you so much for sharing those tips with us. And I definitely recommend advocating for yourself too. You know, I was always pretty vocal when I was in those situations. And, you know, sometimes it worked out really well where I was able to kind of, come up with a situation that was something I was able to deal with. So especially now during these uncertain times, you know, call, you know, pay as much as you can and, and just try to see how they'll work with you. Yes, always call. I like that you mentioned that you can always advocate for yourself. They will note it in your record. They can say they called and, you, you know, they, they will see you as a responsible person. And instead of someone who's trying to dodge them, they will note it in your record and they would appreciate that. So if you have difficulties paying on anything, just give them a call and let them know what circumstances you're going through. And likely they will try to work something out with you. Right, right. That is absolutely the truth. All right, ladies. Well, I want to thank you all for taking the time to listen to this episode. Thank you so much, my dear, for being in with us again. We really value your financial literacy input here on the podcast and can't wait to see you again next time. All right. All right, ladies. Thanks so much for listening to Work at Mommy. Have a great day and we'll see you in the next episode.